Okay, so before we start, just today's learning uh, is Yitzchak ben Chaim Halevi, Yaakov ben Shragafai Halevi, Sarlei Bashmul Tzvi, Chan ben Pesach, Tzvarias Bashashur, Rav Avin ben Rabaruch, and also Sam Horowitz um, is adding for Lezechan Nishmas of Nachman ben Ramosh Halevi and Ramosh ben Nachman Halevi, and also Rafushleim Yehudis Bas Miriam. Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the Gemara. The Gemara is on the bottom of Samach Samach Hey Amid Beis. We did the Mishnah. The last thing the Mishnah said was that the Mishnah was describing how uh, generally if, if a husband says to someone, write a get for my wife, you can only write it, you can't deliver it. He never said deliver, he said write. Um, except if someone's going to be executed. If he's on his way to execution, he obviously wants you to write it. Why else would he be saying this? Or someone that was deathly ill or someone that was traveling on a, a dangerous, you know, long, long mission. So the Gemara says like this, what you see from this Mishnah is that someone being executed, we sort of, we take, we, we, we sort of execute, not to play on words, but we sort of, we act on their, their command, even if their command is incomplete. So the Gemara says the following, Geneva, Geneva was on his way to be killed. I don't know if this is the death that, we, we've talked about Geneva before, he was a, a very learned person, but he was also an agitator to Marukva. I think Marukva got him arrested. I don't remember the details. It seems to be, the Gemara doesn't really go into it, but it could be this was after his arrest, but Geneva is on his way to be executed, for whatever reason. As he's being executed, he says, Kavakanofik, as they're taking him out, Omar, Havu Arba Mechamra He says, give $400 from the wine, from my wine, to Rav to Rav Avina, and the wine is found in Nahar Panya. So basically, give him $400. Okay. Um, Rav Zera. So they asked Rav Zera, when he heard the story, this is what Rav Zera said. Again, Rav Mar- Geneva on his way to being executed is basically saying, give a certain amount of money from my wine um, to Rav Avina. So when, when Rav Av- when Zera hears about this, he says like this, Ravavina should take the wine on his shoulders and go to Ravavo his Rebbe. Meaning, Ravuna his Rebbe. The names are fine. Ravzera said that Ravavina should get the money, but he should go to his Rebbe. His Rebbe, meaning his Rebbe's teaching will confirm. A teaching from his Rebbe will make sure that he gets the money. What was the teaching? Meaning, in other words, that Ravzera is saying that if Geneva's children are going to dispute whether Ravavina should get the $400, Ravavina should speak to his Rebbe. It's one of those, like, talk to him, you'll get a heter. Like, speak to your Rebbe, you'll be taken care of. What did his Rebbe say? Dama Ravhuna. Ravhuna said, Gitai kimat Ravhuna has a teaching that the giving of a get by someone executed is like the giving of gifts by someone executed. Meaning, Mamat nasai imamad chayzer, afgitai imamad chayzer. Meaning, Rav, 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 Rav Huna compares the get of someone executed to the gift of someone executed. How so? The halacha is that when someone's on their deathbed, right, and they say, uh, you know, we have it, it's called Matnash Chivmir, we've had it many times. Someone's on their deathbed, they say, give all my money to John. Then the guy gets better. What's the halacha? The money does not go to John. Because we assume he only did it because he was dying. 
but if he magically got better, right? If someone's on the deathbed and they're dying, and the doctors say you have one day to live, and he says, "Okay, give all my money to John," and then miraculously he gets a he gets a recovery, he doesn't give all the money to John because we assume he only did it because he was dying. Had he not been dying, he wouldn't. So said Rav Huna, the same thing for a get. If a person on his deathbed or a person on his way to execution said, "Give a get to my wife," and then he was saved, no get. Okay, so you see, that's Rav Huna's teaching. What do you see from Rav Huna? That he's comparing the divorce document, giving in a case of death and execution, to gift giving, giving of money. So, ha- so that's what Rav Huna said. So now let's take it a step further. So the Gemara says, well, how would this help Rav Avina? The way this would help Rav Avina is as follows. When Geneva was on his way to being killed, he never made a Kenyan. He just said $400. He never made a Kenyan. Rav Huna's teaching that we compare gift-giving to get, so just like by get, you don't have to say the whole command, you just say, write it, and we'll do it, so too on your way to your execution, if you say $400, even if you didn't make a kinyan, we'll do it. So that's what Rav Zera said, if Rav Avina wants his money, if the children of Geneva have a taina, go to Ravo. what would the taina be? The taina would be, he never made a kinyan, he just said it. How, why are words significant? The answer is, Rav Huna compares gift-giving on an execution to a get by an execution. Just by a get, you don't have to actually say the whole thing, just say, write it, we'll do it. So to over here, you don't have to make a kinyan. That's what Rav Zeyre meant. The Gemara says, Pirish, oh, uma get. So take Rav Huna's teaching, comparing a get to a gift. Ma get, Pirish, Kisfu, just like by a get, even though he didn't explain the entire thing. He just said, write it, we'll deliver it also. So to buy a gift, even if he didn't make a kinyan, that's fine. So we're comparing, so Rav Huna compares a get to a gift. Now here's the problem. They're not the same though. I'll give you an example. If someone on his way to execution says, after I die, give all my money away. What's the halacha? They'll give all the money away, right? Let's say he's on his way and he says, after I die, write a gift for my wife. Are they going to write a gift for his wife after he's dead? No. First of all, there's no such thing as a gift after death. Once you're dead, you're already, the, your marriage is over. But they're, all, they're not the same. So the Gemara says, wait, wait a minute. That's not fair. That, that, they should be. It, it should work. There's just no such thing as a divorce after you die. Meaning, you're saying, well, they're not the same. They're, they're not exactly the same in in result, just because that's an impossibility. You can't have a divorce after death. If it would be possible, we would do it. Like, it, it's just, that, that's not, that, if you have two things that you're comparing and one thing is just an impossibility, that's, that's, that doesn't make it that they're not comparable. Sigmar says, okay. Here's the problem. And this is a problem. The halacha is that when someone's on the deathbed, right? We had this before, that someone's on the deathbed, and seemingly an execution is the same. They're seemingly, it's called the Manash Chibmira. Someone's on the deathbed, they say, give all my money to John. The halacha is, you give all the money to John, even if you did not make a Kenyan. Yeah? What if instead of saying, give all my money to John, he says, give a quarter of my money to John. You need a Kenyan. Manash Chibmira only works if you give all your money away. The reason being is very simple. When someone gives all their money away, we clearly understand that he's doing this because he's dying and he wants all his money to be transferred. If on your deathbed you start doing 10%, 20%, then perhaps it's not because you're dying. Maybe you just 
want to do that deal. So Manash Chivmira only works without a Kenyan if you give all your money away. So the question is like this, someone on their deathbed, if they say give $400 to John, that doesn't work unless you do a Kenyan. Uh, Meaning you're giving all of it away to multiple people? Yeah. I think it's a machlaikas. That's a good child. I have to check it up. I think it's a machlaikas. But over here, so go over that. So the kasha over here is as follows Geneva, on his way to be executed, says give $400. $400? How would that work? And Rav Huna is like, oh, if it, Rav, Rav Zayr is like, speak to Rav Huna. He'll, he'll get it. But no one should hold that that should work. Someone on their deathbed says $400, you have to have a Kenyan. Execution is the same, seemingly. I would assume it's the same. Right. And there's no Kenyan. So why is it working? So the Gemara says, here's the problem. If a person on his deathbed only gives away part of his money, boy Kenyan. Uh, boy Kenyan. It needs a Kenyan. And over here, there's no Kenyan. And how could Ravuna argue with that? We pass and it needs a Kenyan. So the Gemara responds, the, the reason why this is different is Shani Hacha de Mitzvah Machamas Misahi. The answer is, this is different than a, a person on the deathbed. A person on the deathbed, honestly, you could be sick for a while. Not you, I was saying, someone could be dying for days, months, whatever, weeks. Someone on the deathbed, if they just give away half of their money or a portion of their money, the reason why you need a Kenyan is because we're not sure whether you really want to do it 100%. You see, when you're giving away all your money, that's clear, like, I'm dying, take it all. I'm not, it's not coming with me, that's due to me being ill, take it all. Someone just says, give $500 away. Maybe it's because he's ill. Or maybe because he owes the guy $500, or whatever it is, you know, and, and you need a Kenyan. Execution is worse. The Gemara says the difference between a deathbed and execution is that when someone's on their way to execution, they know they're not coming back. So therefore, even though someone on their deathbed needs a Kenyan for partial partial giving of their proceeds, partial, uh, you know, partial of their money, someone on their way to execution doesn't take it. The difference is, by on your deathbed, we're not 100% certain what's your mindset. Is your mindset that I'm giving this away because I'm dying and therefore I want it to just happen with or without a Kenyan? Or no, I, whatever, I, I, have, I want him to have $500. If I'd be healthy, I also want him to have $500. Because there's a little bit of a shadow of a doubt. You see, when you're giving all your money away, no one gives all their money away unless they're dying. But if you're giving partial, you need a Kenyan to really make sure that, that you're, you're set on it. Someone on their way to execution, they know they're not coming back. It's the equivalent of giving all their money away. That's the difference. The difference is that on the deathbed, we're not 100% sure if he's doing it 100% because he's dying. Maybe he thinks he's going to get better. On your way to execution, it's over. That's the Gemara says. So wait a minute, so why is Rav Abba asking on this? Again, Rav Huna, they said, go to Rav Huna, he'll make sure you get the $400. Rav Abba is asking kashas back and forth, which means Rav Abba holds that on your way to execution, you need a Kenyan. But we passkin, you don't need a Kenyan, meaning we're trying to find out, there is some ambiguity in the case of Geneva. Geneva said, give him $400. They said, go to Rav Huna if you want the money. And Rav Abba's like, I don't know. So it seems to be like sort of a machleik is Rav Abba and Rav Huna as to whether Geneva's money should be transferred. Why? So we thought at first because there, 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 was, a, there was no Kenyan. But we said it's execution. Everyone agrees. First we said it's because it's only partial of your, of your estate. Then... If it's partial of the estate, it doesn't work. The answer is execution is different. So then what's the machlokas? The Gemara says this is the machlokas. 
This is a syntax thing. If I want you to have money, right? I have a wine cellar. I could say two options. I could say give him money from the sale of wine. I can give him, I could say give him wine that's valued at $400. But that's not what Geneva said, right? There's three, there's two options of what Geneva could have said. He could have said, Demei Chamra. means give him the proceeds of the sale of wine. Or Chamra means actually give him wine to the value. He said, Mei Chamra. He said, give him money from the wine. Mine doesn't, wine doesn't make money. Like, the, the problem Rav Abba had is that his Lashon is off. There's two options. I can either say, give him $400 from the sale, or give him $400 value of wine. He said, give him $400 from wine. That just doesn't have any meaning. That's what Ravaba is bothered by. If you would have said either, we'd be fine. Either, give, either say, give him $400 of wine, $400 of value of wine, great, give him a couple barrels. $400 from the sale of wine, sell some barrels, give him the money. He said, give him $400 from the wine. Like, what does that mean? So they, and, and a wire is Rahuna. So that's where Rav is against giving him the money because he felt that just the Lushan is ambiguous and I don't want to use it. Rav Huna says, And Rav Huna says, no, 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 no. He picked a weird Lushan to strengthen his argument. I'll tell you why. Either one is kind of weak. I'll tell you why. Let's say he said, give him $400 of wine. You know what the kids are going to do? They'll take $400 of the worst wine the wine that like turned to spoiled vinegar. Like, here you go. And now he's getting messed up. If he would have said $400 from the proceeds of wine, so then they would sell some wine, lose it, or they would be, you know, they'd get robbed and they'd be like, oh, those $400 was from you. He wanted to pick a Lushan that's a little ambiguous to actually strengthen. Rav Abba felt that the fact that the Lushan is not exact makes his argument weaker. Ravuna says, no, it's actually stronger. Because it's sort of vague, you can't mess him over. You try to, you know, get like a technicality, oh, this is vinegar, and he's like, I never said wine, I said money from wine. And then you try to give him the money that was lost, you say, well, I, I said wine. Basically, like, the, you know, it's sort of an in-between these two Lashinas, so Abba feels in-between messes you up. Ravuna says, no, it actually strengthens you, because you can never, you can't mess him up, because he'll sort of wiggle his way out. Okay. Um, let's go back there. Mishnah. If someone you you pass by a well and there's someone Nebuch who's in the bottom of the well, and he's screaming, whoever hears my voice, write a get for my wife. And he says his name and his wife's name. The Allah is You could write it and deliver it. Now the question is, you don't know who the guy is, right? I mean he says who he is, but you can't see. There's no like cameras down there. So the Gemara says, How do you know he's not a demon? Demons were a problem back then. How do you know that he's not a demon? So the Gemara says, you, you can't see his face, but you can see that he looks like a person. He looks like a person. The Gemara says, I thought Shadim can sometimes appear like people. The answer is, You see that he has a shadow. Shadim don't have shadows, apparently. The Gemara says, Shadim have shadows. The answer is, he has a shadow of a shadow. You see, when the sun is very low, you'll notice there's a shadow in front and then a shadow behind, right? There's like a darker shadow right next to you and then there's a lighter shadow that goes much further at certain times in the day. Demons don't have both shadows. They only have one. 
What's the pshat? I'm sure there's Kabbalistic connotations. But that's just what they have. So the cases where you're able to see the bottom of the well, you're able to see that he has a double shadow. Can't be a shade. You don't know who it is, but it can't be a demon. So the Gemara says, okay, I have an interesting uh, approach. The Dilma, uh, I'm sorry, the Dilma Inunami Isla, how do you know that demons don't have double shadows? Rav Chanina, Lemetani Yonasan, Bini, Rav Chanina said, my son Yonasan taught me, Bebua Isla, Bebua Debua Lesla. I don't know how Yonasan knew this, but he said he was taught by demons. They have one shadow, they don't have a double shadow. Okay, the Dilma Tsarihi, the Gemara says, Akasha, how do you know that it's not a woman, the co wife? Maybe her co wife is at the bottom of the well. And she's pretending to be the husband, and she's screaming, divorce my wife, because she wants to mess over her co-wife. Meaning, how do you know it's not an enemy of the wife? How do you know it's the husband? The answer is, at a time of duress, we don't worry about that. Meaning, you're right, there is a tiny possibility that it's someone trying to mess over the wife. And let's say you don't write the divorce. The husband dies, maybe you recover the body, maybe you don't. And the wife gets messed over forever. In other words, in a case of tsara, we go with statistical probabilities. You're right. Do that. It's more statistically probable that it's a demon down there, and you could also see the shadow of the shadow. Correct. It's a more statistical probability in the case where you see a double shadow that it's not that. If you didn't see a double shadow, it's more statistical probability it's a demon. Yeah. The answer is, I guess that was a common problem. The point is, though, although technically you cannot rule out that it's an enemy of the wife, but Realistically, how, how likely is that? Very, very small. In a case of tsara, we're not going to, you know, be so particular. Now, the Gemara said, um, we, we mentioned this before, that if someone is healthy, not someone executed, someone dying, but someone is healthy, and they say, write a gift for my wife, you don't deliver it, you write it. Because they never said deliver, they said write Says the Mishnah, Habari, someone who's healthy, Shamar Kis Ishti. If someone says that's healthy and he says, Write a gift for my wife, he's trying to intimidate her, meaning he doesn't mean deliver, he means write it. What's the purpose of writing a gift if you're not going to deliver? Scare, intimidation, I don't know, mind games, that's it. But you don't actually deliver it. So if someone's healthy and they say, Write a gift for my wife, you don't deliver it. Then there's a Maisim. Now, generally, Maisim stories in the Mishnah are not meant to contradict the previous line. The halacha was that if someone's healthy and they say, write a gift for my wife, you write it and do not deliver it. Maisa, there was a Maisa with someone who was healthy. He says, write a gift for my wife. He says, write a gift for my wife. He goes up to the roof and he jumps off and he kills himself. So the halacha is, says, if he jumped off the roof, meaning he committed suicide, hareza a get. Then you write and deliver the get. Meaning, if you wrote and delivered the get, let's say the healthy person says, write a get for my wife, and you delivered it. So if he's a healthy person, it's not a good get, because he never told you to deliver. But then you delivered it accidentally. Then he goes up to the roof and he jumps off. Then the halacha is, it's a good get. Why? Because it turns out, we treat him as if he was dying. Because he knew he was going to kill himself, then he meant it. But, if he was pushed off the roof by wind, he didn't kill himself. Now, the, two things. We'll do the Gemara and then I'll tell you something interesting. Strange thing is, it's a, it's a contradiction. We started off the Mishnah by saying that if someone's healthy and they say, write a gift for my wife, you cannot deliver it. And then it says, if he jumps off the roof, you can't. Well, you just said, I can't. And jumping off the roof doesn't make you ill. 
So the Gemara says, Maisa Listar, it's a contradiction. So the answer is no. This is how you're supposed to read the Mishnah. A healthy person that says, write a get, you're not allowed to deliver it because we assume he doesn't want it to be delivered. But if this end of the story proves that he wanted it to be delivered, like the case where he committed suicide, so when he said, write it, he knew he was going to die. So then you, you del- if you delivered it, obviously you can't deliver it after he's dead because there's no get after death. But if you delivered it, then it worked. And that's the Mishnah means Umaisa Nami, and there's a story that backs it up. Okay. Now, by the way, just you should know, you should never know from such things, but from a halachic perspective, there is a consequence of suicide. Avelus, you know, all these things. Pashtas, the Rishonim say it's almost impossible. It's not impossible. It's very, very hard to actually have a case of suicide. Unless someone hangs himself, it's, it's basically impossible. Because even if someone jumps off the roof, we're always afraid that maybe last minute the wind blew him off. So it's very, very hard. Unless he says, I am jumping, and he jumps, it, it's very, very hard. Or, now, if leaves, uh, huh? or if he leaves a letter. Leaves a letter, the Chidah says is, yes. The Chidah says writing, leaving a letter would be. But, um, but outside of that, even if like the... The cops would rule it as suicide. We wouldn't. That, that's the point. Um, okay, the following story. There's a guy who goes to shul. Okay, guy goes to a shul. He finds three people in shul. Uh, you know, John and a father and a son. Okay, father and son learning and John. Three people. He says... He says to the three of them, two of you guys, can you please, can two out of the three please write a gift for my wife because you need witnesses? Can two of the three please divorce my wife? Okay. A few minutes later, the father from the father's son passed away. He had a heart attack, he died. So you say, okay, there's still two. The question is, when a person sees a father and a son and he's appointing uh, for, for a command, does he have the son in mind? Meaning he said two out of three, and technically two out of three includes the son. On the other hand, it could be that he doesn't think to ask of the son. Listen, he can't mean both, right? Father's son can't serve as Adam. He means one of the two. It makes more sense if you'd ask me that he would probably mean the father, more prestigious, take care of it. On the other hand, it could mean he meant two out of three, whichever two out of three are able to do it. So the question is, in other words, when the father dies, can the son be the second out of the third? Does the son mean, that? does the person when he commands two out of three mean the father and the other guy? And he would just say that, that's how his terminology, or no, two out of three, whichever two out of three are available. In this case, since the father died, the only one available is the, is the son and the third guy. That's the question. You understand the question? That, that, that's, the, that's the question. So the Gemara says... So Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says a person does not mean the son in place of the father. He meant the father. And since the father died, he can't do it. Rav Papi says the son could do it. And the halach is that the son can be the shliach. Okay. Now let's do this Mishnah. The next Mishnah is a long Mishnah. We have to just do it well. And then the Gemara will, will be pretty clear. Amr Lashnayim, you go to two people and you say, Tenu get le ishti, give a get to my wife. 
Obviously, you didn't say write, but giving a get means writing a get. So if I say to two people, give a get to my wife, you two, I say, give a get to my wife. Go to the next page. Or I go to three people and I say, kiss get to ishti. I go to three people and I say, write a get and give a get to my wife. Okay. The halacha is, they have to do it themselves. Meaning, if I say to two people, write a get for my wife, I need you guys to write it. You can't appoint someone else. You guys have to do it. If I see three people and I say, write and deliver a get, they have to do it because I'm telling them to write it. Now, the Gemara is going to analyze. The Gemara is going to have to try to figure out when I say, you guys have to do it, what does it mean do it? For sure, sign it. Do you also have to write the get yourselves or can you get a sofa to write it? I told you guys to do it. So you guys definitely have to sign it. You can't get someone else to sign it. The question is, can you get someone else to write the get? Is it implied in my command the actual writing of the get or just the signing of the get? That's so do it versus write it and deliver it? No, so by two people, it doesn't matter what the command is. It could be write and give or just give. With three people, there's a difference. The Gemara is going to analyze the difference in a second. With three people, Rameir feels that by three people, because they're a Bezdin, if you tell three people, give a get to my wife, that's your way of sort of giving them the power of attorney that they could take care of it, and they can get someone else to do it. But if you get three people and you say, write and deliver, then they have to do it. So for two people, it doesn't matter the Lashem, because they're not a Bezdin. Three people, it's debatable. But basically like this, you go to two people and you say, write a get for my wife, they have to write it. You go to three people, it depends on the Lashem. According to a mayor. If you said write a get and deliver the get, you told them to write it. They have to write it. If you go to three people and you say give a get to my wife, according to a mayor, you're empowering them as a bezdin to do it on your behalf. That's her mayor's opinion. And Rav Hanina went to prison when Rav Akiva was in prison. He got this halacha from Rav Akiva as well. That Rav Akiva also agreed to Rav Meir, that Rav Meir agreed to Rav Akiva, that, that if you tell three people, give a get to my wife, they're able, you're empowering them as a Bezdin to go deliver it and to get someone else to write it. That's Rav Akiva and Rav Meir's opinion. Am Rav Yossi, I disagree. No we told the Shliach, we have a different tradition. Even if you told the great Bezdin of Agadav Yishalayim of 71, you told them right to get to my wife, they have to do it themselves. Okay. The point to this, no matter what, no matter, it's, two, two, two or three, according to Rav Yossi, doesn't matter, they have to do it themselves, they can't get someone else to do it. Now, side halacha, and then we'll analyze this. You go to 10 people and you say, write a get for my wife. Now, they have to do it, but not all of them have to do it. You only need one person to write it and two people to sign it. So the halacha is, if you tell 10 people, I want you guys to write a get for my wife, they don't have to write 10 versions. One person writes it, two people sign it. So far, so good. But if you tell all 10, I want all 10 of you to sign it, then then, you, then what you're basically telling them is I want one person to write the get and I want nine witnesses and they all have to sign it. And if one of them doesn't sign it, it's not a good fulfillment of the Tanayim or it's a lack of Eden. That was a machalikas of Yechon Rishlokesh we had it earlier in the Masechta. Okay. Now, let, let's analyze this. You have two people and you tell two people write a get for my wife. They have to actually write it. The question is, they have to sign the get for sure. The question is, can they get a sofer to write it? When you say write it, do you mean write the document or just sign it? 
So that's the Gemara Shaila. Omar of Yerim Barabba, Shalchalim Berav, Lishmuel, the Ashmuel, Yamatan Rabbeinu. Omar Lishnaim Kisvu Tanuga Lishti. You tell people, write a get for me. And instead of them, they signed it. They did that. But instead of them writing it themselves, they got a cipher to write it. Mahu, what's the halach? Is it a good get? So Shalchalhu, Shmuel responded, Tetzay, if she remarried using that get, she has to divorce her second husband. She has to leave. And I'm not sure. Meaning, I'm not sure whether this is a good get. She might be still married or not. And therefore, if she remarried, she has to leave her husband. Meaning, Suffolk get. Okay, my hadavert sarach talmud. What what is the area of doubt? So, two options. Okay, option number one: when you tell the two people to write a get, you mean I want you to sign it and I want you to write it. Now, if that's the case, then what's the area of doubt? The area of doubt is: can two people, according to this opinion, yeah? Let's go with the option. I tell you to write a get, and I mean write it the document and sign it. I'm telling you to write it. You asked the cipher to do it. Well, why would it be good then? I told you guys to write it. The answer is, can you guys appoint a shliach? As a shliach, can you appoint another shliach? Maybe, meaning there's two options. Option number one is when I tell you guys to write it, I mean sign it and write the actual document. You got a cipher. So why would that be okay? I told you guys to do it, not someone else. The answer is you appointed a shliach. That concept of whether a shliach who has a command to do something, can appoint someone else to do it. That's called mili mimser and l'shlichus. Can I have words? I was told to do just words. It's not like I was given like a document. I was told a command. Can I ask someone else to do that command as a shliach? Shmuel himself, Paskins, no. Shmuel feels that Rav Yossi, who feels that even three people cannot point it off to someone else, they have to do it themselves, is because when you're given a command, you can't ask someone else to do that command. So that option is out. So again, Shmuel said, I'm not sure whether this is a good get. Option number one of why it would be a good get is because when you tell people, write it, you mean write the actual document as well. Why would it be a good get? They didn't do it. They got a sofa. The answer is they appointed a shliach. Shliach appointed a shliach. The problem is Shmuel holds that doesn't work. The, the Gemara says, um, Shmuel holds that when you're given a command, you can't ask someone else to do said command. So th- that's not a good option. So how could it be a good get? The answer is very simple. Shmuel was unclear. If I tell you guys write a get, do I mean write the actual document? Perhaps I only mean sign it. That, that's meaning. If I actually mean write the actual document itself, then it's not a good get for sure. Because you, you pawned it off and you don't have the right to pawn it off. The area of doubt is when I say write it, what do I mean write it? What's it? Is it just sign it or actually write the document? That's the area of doubt. You understand? So meaning, if I just mean sign it, you did sign it. If I meant write it, you didn't write it. So Rishmuel's not sure. If I actually meant write the body of the document, then it's for sure not a good get, because you can't ask someone else to do it, because that's, that's a command to you not to ask someone else. The area of doubt is, can I appoint, when I wrote, when I told you to write it, did I mean sign it? Or did I actually mean you should write the document itself? That's what Shmuel's unclear about. So the Gemara says, okay, it's a fair, fair doubt. What about the Mishnah? The Mishnah says that if two people are told to write a document, they can't ask someone else to do it. Isn't that an answer? So the Gemara says, 
What about our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said that if you ask two people to write it, they can't have someone else write it. Isn't that a clear proof that they can't have people write the documents? The Gemara says, no. No, Shmuel was saying, I don't know what the Mishnah means. Shmuel was saying, it's not a doubt by me. When the Mishnah says they have to write it, what does it mean? Do they have to sign it? Or do they have to actually write the document? Shmuel wasn't sure. So the Gemara says, I'll prove it to you. Again, the question is when the Mishnah, in the case of the Mishnah, when a person says, I want you guys to write the document, does he mean write the actual get or just sign it? Later on in the Mishnah, Rav Yossi said that if you tell the Bezdin HaGadol Shabayushalayim, yeah, I want you guys to write it, they have to teach themselves how to write the get and write it. Right? Yilmadu Velasais, they have to teach themselves to write it. Now, if a get, if writing it just means signing it, do you think the Bezdin has to teach themselves how to sign? No, they probably know how to sign. If it means write the actual get, okay, not every rabbi knows how to write a get. The question is, when the Mishnah says they have to write it, does that mean just signing it is enough, or do they actually have to write it? So the Gemara says, well, let's analyze the end of the Mishnah. Rav Yossi said, Even if you told the great Bezdin Yishalayim, that they should deliver the get, they have to teach themselves how to write it, even if they don't know how. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, if the command of writing it means write the actual body of the document, I could see Rabbanim who don't know how to write a get on the spot. A lot of Rabbanim don't know how to write the get on the spot. Even though Abed and Agadah, I mean, they, they, they were pretty learned. But if you actually feel that the fulfillment of the command is just signing it, is there a Bezin that, that doesn't know how to sign? So the Gemara says, In, yeah. You can have a new Bezdin. You can have a rabbi, by the way. You can have a rabbi who's, who's new to the job, who's never signed the Shtar before. He doesn't know, do you write Ben, Rav, not Rav? Do you, how do you sign it? You can have such a thing. So it's still unclear. So we'll end with this. The Isvir this is a sort of simple back and forth that Gemara just wants to know. Let's go with the possibility, right? Shmuel's not sure. Shmuel feels that if I'm given a command, I cannot pawn off said command to someone else. That's Shmuel's opinion because he follows Rav Yossi. Here's the question. The, the, again, the case was two people were told to write a get. They didn't write it. They just signed it. Shmuel said, I'm not sure. Again, what's the, what's the area of, of un, uh, ambiguity? What's unclear to him? When you said write it, do you mean sign it? In which case he did. Or did you mean write it and sign it? Now let's say you meant sign it. What about the writing? It, it, you never told them how to get it written. So isn't that itself part of the command? Just, just more of a curiosity. According to Shmuel, anything you're told to do, you cannot pawn off. You were told, according to one possibility, to just sign it. So you signed it. Who, who wrote it? You got a sofa. I never told you to get a sofa. Meaning, unless, according to Shmuel, it's not enough. You have to be told to tell someone else. Meaning, according to Shmuel, you're only, what you're commanded to do, you have to do yourself. So according to Shmuel, what are you commanded to do? Sign it. What about the writing? Well, he never said so. So how do you know that's okay? Just more, I'm, I'm more just curious. 
if I was never implicitly told to write it, so yes, I, I, there's no problem with pawning it off, but I was also never told to get it done. I was never told to take care of it. So why is that okay? I mean, according to Shmuel, if I'm given a command, I cannot hand it over to someone else. What's the command? Sign it. Okay, I did that. I did it myself. But no one, but, but he never told you to get someone else to write it. Right? You could only sign what's written. If I tell you to sign a document, I probably mean you should write it. No. And you say, well, no, I got someone else to do that. But Shmuel holds you can't pawn it off. So the Gemara says something very simple, and that is, Amri Isvil and the Ksuvik Savyodanuk Savaget Nasa Koimer Imru. We'll end with this. And that is Shmuel holds that if if when I tell you to write a get, I just mean sign it, this is what I actually mean to say. You sign it, but you get someone else to write it. It's not that I'm telling you to write it, it's not that I'm being ambiguous. I'm actually commanding you, Oimer Imru, get a cipher. Shmuel feels that if I'm just told to sign it, it's the equivalent of me being told to sign it, and me being told, get a cipher to write it. So although I can't pawn off my obligations, if you tell me to get someone, I'll get someone. So according to Shmuel, it's not just that I'm told to sign it, I'm just told to sign it. You need more than that. It's I'm told to sign it, and it's like in the implicit, like sort of like a, like a subconscious request, and I'm telling you to sign it and get someone else to write it. He's unsure of whether when I tell him Kisvu, is that sign it or write it also. If it is sign it, then these are the two choices. And we'll end with this. This is Shmuel looks at Kisvu. Either Kisvu means you're supposed to write the get and you're supposed to sign the get, which case he didn't know good. Or Kisvu means you're supposed to sign it and get someone else to write it, which he did. But that's that. So the, the end of the conclusion is, we're not sure, but Rav Yossi's opinion is that if you're given a command, you can't pawn it off unless you're told to get someone, in which case, okay, you're told to get someone. Then it's fine. I'll stop here. I'll pick it up. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Perfect.